Welcome to Rhema for Today Radio. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord's upon me because He's anointed me. You notice that? Now, what did He anointed Him to do? Well, it goes on to tell here. But actually, Jesus stood in all of those ministries, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. He stood in every one of them. And he's our example in every one of them. First of all, he was an apostle. You know, the Bible said in Hebrews 3, 1, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. You see, because he's the foremost example of a sin. You're listening to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we continue the series, Understanding the Anointing by Kenneth E. Hagan. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagan's message. Something about believing God that'll cause God to pass over a million people just to get to you. There is something about believing God. I remember one time, one outstanding case. I remember we was out there in a little old country church, you see. And, and the only lady, Sister Hall, was our pianist, little red-headed woman. And so one Sunday she didn't show. Well, I, I, we had Sunday school and then we had the morning worship. And, and I meant to ask somebody, but I, somebody another didn't ask. Well, no one was just all because she had never missed. Never had she missed. And then Sunday night she wasn't there. So then Sunday night I asked. We just had to sing without any music because nobody else played the piano. I said, where's Sister Hall? Some of them said, well, Brother Hagin, haven't you heard? I said, heard what? Well, she's in the hospital. She's going to be operated on in the morning. No, I said, I hadn't heard that. So I got up real early. I wanted to get there before they give her a shot. You know, take her in because once they give her a shot, you're not going to be able to get through to her. And so I went in real early. I mean, still, you know, sort of dark. Sun's not up yet. And I said, uh, you know, I didn't know you was here. Why didn't you let somebody know? Well, of course, we weren't taught like Pentecostals. Were. We were Baptists. You know, you didn't call for the elders of the church to pray over the anointing of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, you know. Though I had mentioned the verse at times and had done it in people's home, anointing with oil. So I just read the scripture to her. I said, well, I'm going to pray for you. Here's what the Bible said. You didn't call, but is any sick among them called for the elders of the church that they'll pray over the anointing of oil? And I had a little bottle of olive oil, and I said, I'm going to anoint you with oil. And then I said, here it said, these signs are falling that believe, they'll lay hands on you. I'm going to lay my hands on you. Now, I was used to people getting well. We, we had healings. But I'll be honest, I didn't expect it to happen as fast as it did. In fact, she started on me right there. I started praying for her, and I didn't have the Baptist Holy Ghost. But she said, wow, I got it, and jumped right out of bed right then. Right then. And never was operated on. She got it. Praise God. Now, if that'll work for Baptists, it'll work for anybody. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory, I mean, she startled me. I, I expected her to be healed, but dear my. She just said, I mean, let out a war hoop. You know, that's the Baptists don't do things like that ordinarily. You know. But I tell you, the power of God struck that woman. Amen. Hallelujah. And she didn't have that operation. They come in there directly, and she's up out of the floor and jumping and shouting on the floor out of the bed. Said, no, went home, went home. No, I don't need an operation. Amen. Besides that, I think that... Uh, I don't get all the report, but I think the doctors examined and he couldn't find anything. Whatever it was he's looking for to begin with, it's gone. Hallelujah. Well, we had healings like that as Baptists, you see. Now, I didn't have any anointing to pray for the sick. I never felt a thing. You know, being Baptist, we didn't know we were supposed to feel anything. You know, and yet God honors his word. And the word of God will work 
with an anointing or without anointing. But yet, right on the other hand, with the anointing, you're going to be able to teach better, preach better, and do more. Hallelujah. So see, we don't want to take anything away from anybody. We just want to give them some more. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, now I want you to see something else here. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord's upon me because he's anointed me. You notice that? Now, what did he anointed him to do? Well, it goes on to tell here. But actually, Jesus stood in all of those ministries, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. He stood in every one of them. And he's our example in every one of them. First of all, he was an apostle. You know, the Bible said in Hebrews 3, 1, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. So you see, because he's the foremost example of a sent one. That's what the Greek word translated apostolus means, a sent one, see. Secondly, he was a prophet. It's, he said right here, we just got through reading it, no prophets without honor save his own home, own town, own country. Third, he was an evangelist. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel. That's the message of the evangelist, to preach the gospel. Fourth, he was a pastor. He said, I'm the good shepherd. See, the same Greek word translated shepherd is translated pastor or vice versa, you see. I'm the good shepherd. Peter calls him the chief shepherd. Thank God he is. Hallelujah. And then fifth, of course, he was a teacher. We just got through reading here. He taught in their synagogue. Taught. Again, in fact, those four gospels says more about him teaching than anything else. You go through there and underline the word teacher taught. You'll find out he did more of that than he did anything else. He taught more than he healed. He taught more than he preached even. Teaching was first with him. Matthew 9, 35, where it said he went around about their cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every man of sickness, every man of disease among the people. Now, I was called to preach. Well, uh, and I was a preacher at the beginning. I was not a teacher. Now, even before that I was baptized of the Holy Ghost, I would get anointed. The anointing would come on me to preach because I'm called to that office. Now, after being baptized of the Holy Ghost, that anointing increased. But the anointing would come on me to preach. I remember when I said, I'm going to be a preacher. My grandma said, son... You can't preach. Now, this is after I was healing up out of bed and then going to high school. You can't talk. You see, my home had been broken. My dad had left. I was physically incapacitated. I I couldn't take up for myself. I mean, in school, even the girls could whip me. (laughs) If I tried to exert a little bit, you see, well, I'd pass out. And and the school nurse would say, well, you just turned as blue and almost as black as a black person all over, you know. Thought never was going to get you revived. Because my heart didn't beat right, you see. And I couldn't take up for myself. And so I learned just to sit around and shut up and keep my mouth shut. If I open my mouth, I'm not going to get hurt. I didn't talk. Now, the year before I became bedfast, see, I had completed two years of high school when I became bedfast. And the year before I became bedfast now, and of course I wasn't saved, you understand. But I... Uh, you know, one night at supper table, Grandpa, we live with my grandparents on my mother's side. Grandpa said... You know, I saw Miss Bessie May Hamilton. Now, she had taught me in grade school. Now, she was my teacher in high school. And so uh, she had gone to, in the summertime, took some extra courses and was teaching over there now. 
And so he said, I asked Miss Bessie May, well, how's Kenneth? Oh, she said, Mr. Drake, he's just like he always was. She said, if you uh, waited on him to say anything, yeah, he'd never say anything. In fact, said he could miss the class. Nobody would ever know it. Now that put an idea in my mind. As a 15-year-old boy, you know, I'm going to try that out. I only had two classes, Miss Bessie May's another in the afternoon. And so about two or three times a week, I'd play hooky and go to the show. You know, they never did miss me. <laughs> now, you've got to be quiet, brother. Amen. Don't you? They never did miss me. They never counted me absent. <laughs> they never missed me. Now, of course, after I got saved, I quit that, you know. Next year, I was a bedfast year, then I went back to high school, never missed a day. Amen. But, now, now, I said that so you know how quiet I was, see? And that's what Grandma said. And I said, I'm going to go preach. I remember shocked my Grandma. She said, why, son, you can't talk. <laughs> First time I got up to preach, I preached 45 minutes. See, a lot of the beginners go 10 to 15. I went 45. I've been going on up ever since then. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. But anointing would, and I didn't have the baptism, but I had the Holy Ghost in me. But anointing would come on me. Because, see, I'm called to that office. Amen. And the, anoint, the anointing in the Old Testament came on people to stand in certain offices. The anointing of the Holy Ghost would come on me. And I could tell you some phenomenal things of the anointing coming on me. Now, after being baptized with the Holy Ghost and entering into this greater dimension of the power of God, that anointing increased. You know, anointing to preach or, or, or to work for God can increase. In the Old Testament, you had these two prophets that Jesus mentioned, Elisha and Elijah. And, and Elisha desired a double portion of what Elijah had. Well, he didn't, they're not two Holy Ghosts. There's just one. But see, Elijah was anointed by the Holy Ghost to stand in that office. And Elisha had a double portion of that, an anointing, you see. A greater anointing, in other words, to stand in the same office. And I noticed that the anointing would come on me to preach. We'd get people saved. We'd get people healed. And never got anybody baptized the Holy Ghost. Didn't preach it. Didn't know about it. Wasn't baptized the Holy Ghost. But after being baptized the Holy Ghost, the anointing increased. Because now everybody will have to follow God for themselves. I, I can't tell you. I think we make a mistake trying to tell the other fellow. But when you preach, you have power you didn't used to have. Now, see, I had been anointed to preach before. But now then, there's a greater anointing. Hallelujah. The anointing's increased to preach. Well, they said, man, when you preach now, it almost knocks us off the seat. Oh, I wasn't a hard preacher, but just meant the, the power behind it. I remember Mr. Curry of that community, he's Presbyterian. Everybody came to church, only church in the community. 85% of us are Baptists, we called it community church. Now, Mr. Curry, all his children were grown and married. And he was, uh, you know, owned many acres of that black land. Very, very, very. In fact, he was, you know, wealthy for the day. He and his wife had been on a, on a tour just by themselves to Europe, you know. And, and, and he had said because there was a couple moved into that country community started coming to our church just about the time I got the Holy Ghost or just before I did uh, that, that had this experience and he said if that talking in tongue gets in here I'm pulling all my folks out seven families of them all together well while he is gone I received when he came back he asked Mr. R.O. Cox who was a member of the community a Methodist man 89 years of age a spiritual giant great man of God what happened to our little preacher while I was gone? Mr. Cox told me after said, I said, oh, something happened to him? Yes, it sure has. What, what do you mean? Well, he's a better preacher than what he used to be. Mr. Cox said, I said, 
Well, I always thought he was a good preacher. Yeah, but it said, man, he's more powerful now than he ever was before. He's got a power he never had before. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. This month's special offer is the message series by Ken Hagan, How to Be an Overcomer. In this four-CD series, Ken Hagan teaches us that we already possess spiritual tools. He shows us how to use those tools to exercise our God-given authority and obtain our rightful blessings in Christ. This series is just $28. Call now, 1-888-FAITH-99. Don't delay. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. As we start the year off, I would like to encourage you that have been partnering with us to continue your partnership or maybe consider increasing your monthly partnership. And if you haven't partnered with us, I would like to ask you, starting with January, that you partner with us this year to help us. If this radio program has blessed you and ministered to your spirit, then we want to hear from you. We're asking you, our audience, to let us know when and where you listen. Email us at partnerservices at rhema.org or call 1-888-FAITH-99 and tell us. If you prefer, drop us a letter. Write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. If we're to remain broadcasting in your area, we need to hear from you. And if you're able, we would ask that you would consider sowing an offering to help defray the costs of this radio program. So call, email, or write us today. Make plans to join us next week at this same time and station for more of the series by Kenneth E. Hagan. That's next week here on Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.